Your martial arts movie podcast. <laughs> I threw that shit before I walked in the room. Featuring drunken Thai boxer Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of fail. So looking back on some of the episodes that we've covered before, I I realized I did talk about this movie in passing a couple times. And I I think I was very harsh on the film, having not seen it in a while. Mm. Um, But here we are. We're talking about Killzone 2, a.k.a. uh, SPL 2, A Time for Consequences. What a terrible, terrible (laughs) subtitle. What a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But SPL 2. Um, I remember not liking this film, and now we're sitting here, and I think I my opinions have changed. I think. You think? I think, because this movie does not stick the landing for me. It still well, does not stick the landing for me. That ending, it doesn't end, so <laughs> it doesn't have a proper ending, so how could it stick the landing, if it even yeah. tried? Well, yes. So I think we've talked about this before that an ending could, I mean, it's literally the last thing you see in the film. So how you feel about the movie can be determined based off of that. It can, an ending can literally ruin the movie experience for you. Yeah. I've said that a few times. Yes. And I would echo that. And this movie, I kind of had that feeling the first times I've watched it. Now, it's not so much. I think the movie still holds up really well. But that ending is still pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Am I alone in this? No, no, no. Uh, It's been a while since I've seen this. I also haven't seen it since it first came out in 2015. So, I kind of forgot everything about it. I know Mm. there is a lot of discussions about that final fight. And I believe the martial arts movie fans are pretty divided on whether it's good or not. And we can get into that Mm. later. But that was my only context for a while is basically just that last fight scene. And rewatching it now, I realize, oh, this is actually a pretty good drama. It's pretty engaging drama with some good character stuff. Probably Tony Jaa's best work as an actor like being being a character and not just oh i'm man who has to fight somebody like he's actually (laughs) a person it's not you know he's not the most complex character but he's actually playing a person so i gotta commend the movie for that a lot Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah that ending (laughs) (laughs) yeah well uh, thematically and story-wise the ending is yeah well i said it before doesn't it doesn't stick the landing but regardless yeah, you're right. Like I think that the drama, I mean, just like the first movie, is really good in this film. And I'm going to do my best not to compare this to the first movie. But I will say that uh, I'd say that I still prefer the first one from a dramatic standpoint. Because thematically, it was more than just about the characters. It had more 
moral implications going on. And I thought that the it, it went beyond just the characters themselves. So that's why I like the first movie a little bit more. However, there is a little bit more humanity in this one, as in each character is a character, and they all have these individual struggles. And even the villain himself, played by Louis Koo, you know he's an asshole. You know that he's doing the wrong thing, but you understand why he's doing it. And even his backstory with his health complications, it's understandable why you kind of understand why he's doing all these slimy things, including wanting to kill his own brother to harvest his organs for himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a... It's a motivation for sure, and it makes him the definitive bad guy. I don't know if I could understand. I mean, I understand it. I don't know if I could say I sympathize with it, but I understand it. Right. And it's interesting how everybody else in the movie, his underlings, are not on board, always on board, right? In In the opening of the movie, they kidnap a pregnant woman, and before they harvest their organs, they questioned, does the boss know that she's pregnant? So people realize they're doing slimy, shitty things. And Mm -hmm. they are not these just evil, bad people who have no conscience, right? There's, there's some humanity in some, some of these villains. Sure, sure. And then there's a lot of, well, then we have our main characters, uh, our two, who are living their separate lives with their own individual issues. I guess we're kind of jumping right into the the synopsis of the story right now. So we have Wu Jing, who is an undercover mole trying to infiltrate the an international crime ring. Uh, not unbeknownst to him that that crime ring goes all the way to Thailand. But yeah, so he's uh, a mole, but he's also a druggie. He's, he's an addict. So you know, because of all the things that he's trying to do. Well, well He's been exposed to so much, he got addicted to heroin in the process. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. And so there's that side of it. Uh, And he gets imprisoned into uh, a Thai prison (laughs) (laughs) uh, run by Max Zhang, uh, who is the prison warden. Uh, Well, I guess we can kind of like go into the reason why in a little bit. But tangentially, Tony Jia has a daughter... Uh, who has leukemia, and he's desperately looking for uh, someone to donate blood, or was it blood? Yeah, bone marrow. Oh, no, bo- bone marrow, bone marrow. Yes, correct. The bone marrow, but because of her rare condition, I guess, only one person in the world, or one person can possibly be a, a suitable match for her. Turns out it's Wu Jing. <laughs> so I like to call this movie, the real title of the movie, SPL2, A Time for Coincidences. Uh, I was going to say that are, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are, well, it's it's a movie, right? So yes, there are written coincidences and they're cute yes. and they're sometimes on the nose. I would say for the most part, all these coincidences that these characters are loosely connected and then ultimately come to the end i think they're fine because it's a movie and i I get it they need to they need to kind of come together i think it's at the end when they really start forcing a little some of that stuff and they just kind of it kind of gets a little ham-fisted but all the stuff in the beginning i think is okay yeah 
Right, right. And com- well, let's compare that to well, let's compare that part, the coincidences element to the first movie because I you know, there are some. The the whole idea of the first movie is that there's multiple different forces uh, coming from different. Uh, what what is that? A uh, neutral, uh, lawful good, neutral law, uh, neutral chaos, chaotic, whatever. You know, you know what I'm referring to, right? There's just like. Uh, the spectrum of good to chaotic, right? Yeah. And they're all going against one another. This movie doesn't really have... I guess it, it kind of has that same angle, too, where it's... Uh, let's say, for example, like Tony Jaw, he he works at the prison that Max Chang runs, and he is being paid off by Max Chang to essentially make sure that Wu Jing is still being held captive and being tortured uh and you know he's doing horrible he's allowing and enabling horrible things because he's being paid to help continue uh paying off his his daughter's uh medical expenses so like it's like doing the wrong thing for the right reasons so i get that and then again it causes it creates great drama the the movie does a really good job at creating that tension and you, you you can see how every character has their own individual struggles and at the end it kind of falters because uh it, it, yeah like you said it really doesn't end <laughs> it doesn't end i don't know what happened there it's really strange <laughs> but um yeah so it's weird lewis Koo is technically the main villain mm-hmm. then max jang is kind of like his number two but he's mostly the villain uh, he's, he's like mostly the physical antagonist that yes. whole movie. We right, haven't spoken right. about Max Zhang in a while, actually. I feel right. like he kind of dropped off somewhere. <laughs> no, we had uh, Master Z, mm-hmm. and then... Ooh. Oh, wait, we talked about him with the Grandmaster. Grandmaster, and then... And then oh, what, what was that amazing movie that we love when they bungee jump off the Chinese Eiffel Tower? Oh, uh... Ooh. Oh, uh... Uh, Invincible Dragon. Yes, yes. That's yes, our favorite movie, movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie is not as good as that masterpiece. Oh, of course not. <laughs> but, but yeah, story-wise, um, it's actually better than I remember it being. Uh, it, it's, it is primarily a drama first. I think the whole series, uh, this, the first one, and Paradox, I mean, they're known to be very well-written dramas with action. Uh, I, well, not sprinkled in. It is a, a drama, an action drama, right? And one thing I'll give this movie credit for is that the action is better than the first movie. Did the first movie need good action? Not really, because I thought the story and the drama was so good that you actually didn't really need so much action at all. Um, that just it was just like sprinkling on it. Here, this is like it's not sprinkling it's like well integrated into the movie there's plenty of action with the movie as well and the choreography is not bad uh there's plenty to to be said about that which uh i was surprised by i totally forgot that this movie has this really impressive fight sequence in the middle of the film i kind of forgot about that too it's a <laughs> yeah. very very well done one take prison riot i mean if you yes. watched extraction 2 recently that you might be like oh that stole from the raid mm-hmm. suit and like this seems more in line with that movie actually because mm-hmm. this is a yeah. i believe it's a true oneer it looks like it yeah. it really looks like it and it's just impressive how it's this crane shot that's going between two different floors and you mm-hmm. have 
200 extras. You have yeah. our our three main characters kind of fighting throughout it and then falling from like the <laughs> the second floor to the first and continuing going. It's uh it's kind of insane. And I completely I completely forgot how uh impressive it is. I don't know. I mean, the last time I watched this film was before we even started this show, right? So my, I guess I, don't, I didn't have an eye for, or any even appreciation for Wonners as much as I did back then. But yeah, looking back on it, I think that's this is easily the standout of the movie. It's the one thing that makes a movie so memorable <laughs> now, even though I, I clearly didn't remember in the past. Uh, that that Wonner and is impressive for multiple reasons not just because it could potentially have been a one true oneer because the if they if it was stitched together it is so seamless and i just can't even imagine how it could be stitched together there is that, that's how uh, seamless moments it is where you see people running um, from in front of the camera i thought maybe that's where they did it but mm-hmm. i believe it's a real oneer I, th- I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Well, it, it, I didn't look that. I didn't it, look that close. It, it has to be right. Mm-hmm. I I tried to. I, I slowed those frames down to see if and when there's an extra running in front of the camera, if that but, if the like extras if they in the background yeah, were yeah. suddenly in different positions. Yeah. There, they, there was no shifting, and so it's impressive in that regard because it they hid them really well. If it wasn't a true one arm. The behind the scenes, you you hear the director him he himself said that he wanted to go for a real oneer. Yeah. So I have no reason to doubt that. Although, you know, maybe maybe they did, maybe they they did hide it. There are some moments where I suspect it was stitched together. Well, I mean, let's just give him, part, let's just give him the credit. Uh, it's a good it's really a good really oneer. Like it. It's it's definitely the same yeah. movie, like yeah. you said. And yes, and the choreography is real choreography so when i think back to movies like tam yum goon when tony jaw is going up those stairs eventually it just devolves into him just shoving people kicking them (laughs) once because he's exhausted i know i know i know the we've talked about that before where once he gets up those stairs he's just kind of like he's all gassed out and everything he's doing is just there's no power behind it. right 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 and here it's legitimate choreography through and through. Everyone's doing actual conventional martial arts uh, fight choreography, and that's what makes it so impressive. Um, because it never, at no point do you, do you see the actors looking exhausted, and it shows on screen. Uh, it didn't look like they had to simplify the choreography as a result of that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wu Jing was apparently very exhausted after this. Yeah. shoot of a movie because he got kicked like 500 times <laughs> according to him oh man that poor oh, guy oh yeah i wonder if they got tony jaw not or rather they ideated this one action scene because of tony jaw right they, they what do you mean well, i mean he's so well known for tommy mgoon's one take fight scene that ah, they thought see, okay let's see. do that but better <laughs> i mean and with 200 extras yes just insanity of the camera mm-hmm. just going from different floors it's really really nice mm-hmm. right 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 so uh i i know we jumped ahead to the action but like it, this movie is a drama first so what did you think of the story sans the ending <laughs> sans the ending no i liked it i liked it a lot um 
a little on the slower end, but mm-hmm. that's fine. We're really just sitting with the characters and just trying to understand, you know, what are their motivations? Wu Jing, he's a struggling drug addict and he's kind of roped into this this scenario that's bigger than him because he's at first trying to kidnap the brother of the main villain, Louis Koo, and then that all just goes to shit mm-hmm. and he gets sent to the Thai prison and it's just him trying to survive in there. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize there's actually a deleted scene. Mm-hmm. So we see it briefly in in like in the regular theatrical version. But there's a deleted scene where Max Jang is interrogating, uh, not interrogating, he's trying to find out who gave Wu Jing the bottled water. Mm, okay. And in the background, you know, he, he's talking to all the Thai guards and Tony John and Ken Lo. Oh, Ken Lo's in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yes. and in the background, you see Wu Jing is getting waterboarded. There's actually a whole scene of that. Uh-huh. Okay, so they it, cut it's that just out for time. Crazy. Yeah, they cut it out for time. There's there's 16 minutes of deleted scenes. Like, this movie is two hours long. Oh, this wow. This could have been, like, even longer. Oh, yeah, I didn't see those the, the full deleted scenes then. So, I mean, yeah, it's two hours long. It's 30 minutes longer than the original, uh, which is fine. It, it Again, it is on the slower side, especially in scenes revolving the daughter, which I get, it like humanizes the movie, and you get to be more attached to her character and the struggles that Tony Jaws going through. <laughs> Still can't get over some strange, absurd coincidences because the daughter happens to encounter a phone number, the phone number to uh, uh, Wu Jing's phone, but Wu Jing's phone is tossed into the sea and recovered by someone else. And like, just yeah, that coincidence that he loses his phone in at this, you know, in the ocean, and somebody actually gets it. It's yeah, <laughs> it's still I, I wish, working I wish they, somehow. Yeah, I wish they wrote that a little better, but it yeah, whatever. It's yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but otherwise, if you can just get your mind off of like how absurd these coincidences are, and how everything just. Neatly ties together. Um, it, it's it's still really good drama. Uh, you are really feeling for Wu Jing. He really it, it feels like he's really stuck in this uh, impossible predicament, and you are feeling for his uncle. Oh well, I guess a spoiler. That's technically a spoiler. Uh, you're you're feeling for his uh, his guardian character played by. I mean, you already said it. I mean, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a spoiler. I already spoiled it. Yeah, but you're. you're uh, you're you are taken by surprise when it's revealed that Simon Yam is his uh, his uncle and uh, is was working with him uh, working with him in the police force, and so you know you're at first you're wondering like why is this why is Simon Yam so worried uh, and so personally invested in the safety of Wu Jing and then it's revealed like suddenly it's like oh that's a big shocker. Um, it works really well. I mean, effectively. He, he is his, his superior, so that yeah. makes sense. You know, you don't you, that relationship needs to be built on trust yeah. when you're the when you're an, uh, an undercover police officer. But it adds that extra layer of drama that Simon Yam mm-hmm. is also his uncle, so mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. really really uh, distraught when he finds out that Wu Jing goes to a Thai prison. Yeah, 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 and then. 
uh, well, more more things happen. Simon Yam has to go outside the law, uh, and you know, like at that point, then we go into real deep spoilers. So, I guess we'll, well save it for when we get to the action segment. But yes, what yeah, are you saying? I wanted to circle back to the a- not the action. I wanted to circle back to the fight choreography sure, specifically okay. because okay. the first movie had Samuel Hung uh-huh. and Donnie Yen and Wu Jing, Wu Jing reprising his role here, and a lot of people like the knife fight in that movie specifically and then that was very early implementation of donnie yen doing modern more modern fight choreography you know adding his mma touch which is now kind of very prevalent in his fight choreography Mm -hmm. so now with this movie we have max shang wu jing and tony ja tony ja is a thai martial arts Cinema guy, mm-hmm. cinema <laughs> fighter, <laughs> yeah, cinema on-screen guy. fighter, fighter, on-screen fighter, and so it's interesting how they still get him. They still get Mai Tai in there, but it's choreographed by Hong Kong martial arts, yeah, you know, stunt crew. Right, right, right. So we this takes place primarily in Thailand. It, it's filmed both in Hong Kong and Thailand. So I'm guessing when they're in, they're shooting in Thailand, they get a lot of the Thai stunt team, right? So it works well with with tony jaw's choreography um you know like i mean it's, it's a blending of styles right so when wu jing's fighting i'm i'm, I'm maybe I'm, I'm assuming that maybe maybe we had more of the hong kong stunt team like uh come in there as well i don't know like it, that, that's kind of hard to say uh, it, but it I, I do agree with you there that it really does balance and blend the two really well especially when they start fighting well it i both uh, with each other and against each other, right? Mm-hmm. So we have some fight scenes as when they're going against one another, and they make I've... both styles look really effective. Yeah, I was going to say, I completely forgot that they fought each other in the first fight, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I really liked the choreography <laughs> yeah. there. I was really surprised. I completely forgot about that. I think just... <laughs> So many people talk about that last fight. I think their first fight together is mm-hmm. much, much better. It's it's <clears throat> because it it's it doesn't use a lot of wire work. Mm. I think that's why I don't like this the final fight as much because they rely a little too much on the wire work. So sure. there's too many moments where characters are floating and it kind of yeah. takes me out of it. Even even though the choreography works and the direction is really clear. That that final fight, it's very clear to follow the action which which is good but i think it's just a personal preference that i don't like how floaty Mm -hmm. it becomes yeah but the but the first fight the hand-to-hand fighting between wu jing and tony jaws like it's really good like it's just two martial arts actors like really like in their game like the top of their game at this point and to just see them go at it for this nice little scuffle is really good yeah yeah, for sure. And then they they encounter themselves uh, each other a couple times throughout the movie, and before they, I guess they team up. But which uh, the the store story reasons for why that actually happens. Um, and you talked about wires. The movie isn't afraid of using wires. Sometimes to great effect. Sometimes not so much. <laughs> uh, sometimes it really does look like they're they're flying in the air. Um, especially Max Zhang. Like, Max Zhang's choreography uh, utilizes it a lot more than other characters. Um, sometimes it works really well. So there's moments when characters have to jump down from a, a certain height and they, f- they, they have to land. And this is all captured in frame. 
uh, but to protect their the performers, you know, they have, they are obviously on wires. But I will say, even looking at the making of the behind the scenes, I have no idea what kind of wires they're using because they are nigh invisible. <laughs> they're invisible. <laughs> they are also I have no idea where they're even being hoisted from because they're. I'm thinking about one particular stunt where three actors are inside this terminal. They're inside yes, the terminal. Yes. Then they jump off out of the terminal, land on the um, the tarmac. Uh, when they're obviously in an airport, and then they run, they run towards the dock into the water, and my whole thought was, okay, they're clearly on wires, but when, where are when these wires? When did they get removed? And yeah. when they're in the tarmac, like where were the wires above them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's like... a great moment. It's <laughs> it's weird because you know they're on wires, but then if you know behind the scenes stuff, you're just thinking exactly that. Where where did the removal happen? Yeah, yeah. I'm like unless I, it was just on them the whole time. Yeah, even, even when they jump into the ocean. But even before, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good point. But even before that, when they're inside the terminal, the doors are closed. So when the doors open and they jump out, my first thought is, where were the wires when the doors were closed? Maybe it was on <laughs> them the whole time. Uh, I mean, who knows? Who know. knows? We'd have to we'd have to see uh, even more detailed behind the scenes if they yeah. even exist for that moment. Yeah, yeah. I'd say overall the action is very well done, <laughs> and even the story is very well done. I really wish it stuck the landing. I really did. <laughs> and actually, uh, that's what I would complain about this movie and the third film. I'd say the first movie is next to perfect. It has problems. I actually really don't like the fight between Wu Jing and Donnie Yen. I've said this before. Uh, I don't like that. But everyone loves, else loves it, so whatever. Um, but story-wise, thematically, everything about the movie is you know, pretty close to like being a perfect film for me in terms of action drama. Uh, this movie, like, if that ending was just... If it actually was satisfying, this movie, I'd, I'd say, is, is as good as the first film. But uh, it, it's still a good uh, movie experience, so I, I'd say. But um, anything else you want to add, Zero? No. So I think we can go into the Patreon section now where we break down the specifics of the plot because there actually is a lot of plots. <laughs> yeah. And we'll go into more detail with the action set pieces, fight choreography, and everything. So if you want to hear all of that, probably another hour follow us on patreon and mm-hmm. this is a fail mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep and you can also listen to our quick jab episodes or movies that we have not made a full episode on because they're might not be worthy of a full breakdown like we're doing for today but uh for just what two extra dollars a month um you'll get all the, that content as well uh so you can listen to what what's our next episode uh oh boy um we have warlords <laughs> lords. oh boy no good movie uh but yeah that, that obviously could not be its whole its own episode so yeah like you can listen to our our thoughts on that um all right but with that said let's talk about kill zone 2 not to be confused with the ps2 ps3 game hey guys thanks for listening to the podcast we're at the point where we give our recommendations but there's a whole wealth of audio you would be listening to here if you follow us on patreon there you can listen to the entire episode, including an exclusive action breakdown of the fights in the movie. Now on to our final thoughts. 
I really dislike this ending. And yes, that is SPL2, a time for coincidences. Um, <laughs> oh, God, this fucking ending. Yeah, that ending oh, is you're, terrible. You're, you're right. It, it almost kind of ruins the movie for me, and I mm-hmm. think that's why I never really thought about this movie, even though in our Patreon section and rewatching this movie, we were just both very, very... Positive. I guess <laughs> positive on most of the action in it, yeah. and just overall with the and story. Even so, the story, yeah. I, yeah I, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how leaving a bad taste in your mouth might <laughs> make you not want to revisit something. Yeah, it's uh, literally the last ten minutes of the film almost make you feel like the rest of the movie was not worth it. But it's a shame because the rest of the movie is so good. It barely falters. There are some things you can nitpick, but then. There's really not much to it. Like, the movie is solid for the most part. I really wish it stuck the landing. And it didn't have to be a dour ending. Uh, it could still be a happy ending, but somehow it just felt like we tried our, our hardest to um, force this sappy ending. And, yeah, we're out of the spoiler section, so you can listen to us there if you want to hear our thoughts on it. But uh, but the, like now, I'm, now that I'm watching it, uh, again and have this different lens i don't think it ruins the movie now i think everything else in the movie is is pretty solid i i, I can recommend it on that front even with the crappy ending <laughs> <laughs> uh yes yeah, zero what, what are your thoughts yeah i mean basically the same thing it's been a while since i've watched this mm-hmm. i remember not liking it because of the ending and rewatching it now realizing yeah it's pretty good the action is pretty good uh i've complained earlier that i wasn't crazy about some of the floatiness Mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. final fights yeah but this direction is very clear you can see all of the choreography going on so like you know it's just personal preference but the standout definitely the prison break Mm -hmm. stuff very very well done so yeah i would i would recommend it just be prepared for that ending yes i i mentioned in the patreon section i I wonder if it's studio meddling Mm, them not wanting to have just such a dour dour ending because of everything that you know what's going to happen with everybody maybe they wanted to try to make it positive who knows who knows it's all speculation again you can you can still have a happy ending but the way that they got there was kind of clunky and stupid (laughs) just straight up stupid um man i can't wait to but wait till you hear my opinion on Paradox when we finally talk about that. SPL3, which is SPL, SPL3, if we ever get to it. If we ever get to it, because I, I have things I can say about that ending, too. I fucking hate it. 